0: The information discussed in this episode is intended as general information only. It is not intended for one-on-one medical advice, and you should always consult your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. And if you like the content discussed in this episode, please go leave a review so that others can benefit from it as well. I am a woman on a mission that is dedicated to teaching you just how powerful your body was built to be. I like to do that by bringing you the latest science, the greatest thought leaders, and applicable steps that help you tap into your own internal healing power. The purpose of this podcast is to give you the power back and help you believe in yourself again. My name is Dr. Mindy Pels, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me.
1: Happy Monday and welcome to the Resetter Podcast. This is Jessica here, co-host of Dr. Mindy. And today we have episode 50, the big five zero with amazing the amazing Angie Fletcher. If you aren't following Angie on Instagram or you've never heard of her, pause this podcast, go find her on Instagram, go follow her. And then of course come back to the podcast and listen to it um but if you're not following her she's amazing i've been following her for a very long time she is so authentic gives such great advice on you know what she's doing for herself in regards to anywhere from biohacking to parenting to getting through this season and life that we are in um i just love her i always find something so inspirational um on her posts so if you're not following her go follow her We'll make sure that we link uh, her IG, her Instagram in the show notes. Um, but a little about Angie, and I just want to read you something from her website, which I think actually shines some really good light onto her. But um, this is from her website. I don't believe we go through anything just for ourselves. I believe we are here on earth to help others. My mission is to have my platform serve as a lighthouse. Every raw word, every vulnerable thing shared, this is just my mess, hopefully turned into a message, and my website, my Instagram is a collection of tools that have helped me find my way out of some of life's darkest moments. Literally, for uh, that is what all of her material is about. Again, just love her. Go follow her. And in today's episode, we're going to cover dealing with anxiety, how to overcome your circumstances, how to get out of that victim mentality. How do you know when you're in a victim mentality? We're going to go into biohacking. Um, she and her husband are big biohackers. Uh, We're going to go through seasons of your life and embracing what you can do in those seasons. And as always, we end our podcast episodes with five specific questions for our guest and hers were really great. So make sure you listen all the way to the end. This was a fantastic episode. We are just super grateful that we got to have her on and openly talk about her life journey. If you resonate with this message, with her message, um, please share it out. Um, You can easily share it on social media. And as always, if you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify, please leave us a review. Give us feedback. What did you love about the conversation? And if you're new to our podcast, welcome. Be sure to hit the subscribe button and be notified of new episodes, which we currently release on Mondays. Again, this is episode 50 with Angie Fletcher. Enjoy. Let's start
0: off with this. You're a model, which has to be one of the most, I would think, one of the most stressful environments to work in. (laughs) <laughs>
2: um, I would think that's, I so, that's so funny. I've never, I, I don't hear that from a lot of people. Really? Usually I hear, I hear the glamour and I hear, Oh, it must oh, be so God, nice I and g- so easy. And, and I oh. have the opposite experience. So I appreciate your view oh, on that. I grew, I grew up in LA
0: and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, I live in Northern California now, but I understand that, that superficial, everything is on the outside. Uh, look, you know, you're great if you look good or you drive a certain car and that yeah, is a yeah. stressful way to live. So, Yeah.
2: Well, I certainly didn't grow up like that. I grew up in Northwest Canada. Um, oh, wow. And so there was no, I didn't know anything of modeling. I mean, the only thing that I knew is we had like the Sears catalog that came probably annually or maybe biannually. Um, and that's kind of what I knew of that world. But I knew nothing, nothing of that world at all. I had, I had no sense of like self looks or really anything like that. Um, you know, certainly not in an LA sense, we didn't watch a lot of TV. And so I didn't grow up really in that world at all. Um, I was a member of our church and I was in youth group and I sang in the choir and I was in drama and all that stuff. And ironically, um, my agent found me in church. He found me, I was singing, I, I was singing a solo, um, and he, you know, quote unquote discovered me, um, and asked my mom, because I was I was only, I had just turned 16, so kind of approached us afterwards and asked my mom if if she would consider allowing me to model. And she said, absolutely not. Um, that is the devil's playground. And, you know, she, she was a widow. My father died when I was 11, so she was very protective over her four kids, as you should be as a mom. Yep. Um, and I was lucky enough to have her wisdom and have her you know, not be like, Oh, absolutely go and go and make money. You know, she was very, very wise and did everything carefully. Um, and so we just kind of looked at it over the course of a couple of months and kind of took, you know, smaller steps into, um, into the introduction of modeling and our agent was incredible. He was really, they call him, uh, even now like a mother agent, you know, where they really kind of take care That's of off. of the person. Yep. Um, And modeling back then was way different than it is now too. I mean, we're talking like, well, there wasn't cell phones. There wasn't email. Oh yeah. I'm fully aging myself. Yeah. It's okay. There was no email. There was no technology. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I actually got on an airplane on my 18th birthday to fly to Germany and it was a Friday night and the agency wasn't open Saturday or Sunday. And so my mom didn't know that I was Okay. Until I went to the agency on Monday morning and faxed her, I didn't even call her. I faxed her. <laughs> so modeling is very different now, yes. where basically anyone and everyone can be a model, which I love because I think it it it's it's an amazing opportunity. I think that it filters out, you know, what used to be you had to be a certain size twenty five years ago when I started modeling. Um, you had to have a certain look. Uh, and now it 's just like wide open, anyone can be anything and i I love that so much, but um you said- to your original question no, it wasn 't glamorous for me at all. It was very, very, very difficult in mentally what in what way uh mentally and physically, because I had never i ha- I was always just a certain size, you know my parents are both over six feet. Mm um, and slimmer builds. And so I had never, I had never worried about what I should eat or what I shouldn't eat. I didn't have the pressure of being thin. Um, and the reason why you had to be a certain size 25 years ago is because there was sample size clothing. So there, there, there was when you would shoot for a different, uh, shoot for a catalog, which I did a lot of runway catalog editorials, um, they would only have a certain amount of clothes because then they would produce them, but they wanted to shoot them before, so that you could promote before the magazine comes out, right, okay. so they only have a certain amount of of sizes where they would only make one size, a sample size, and you would have to fit into that sample size um, and as soon the only time I struggled with my weight was when I started modeling, and I don't know what it was; I think it's because of the pressure, because of the comparison because. I was alone at 18. I was alone in Europe, um, you know, with no cell phone, no, again, it was pre all of this FaceTime, pre all of this stuff. uh, And I was just kind of figuring it out. And so, you know, I would sit alone at night um, in my little tiny apartment in in Hamburg, Germany, and I would eat Nutella by the jar full because I actually didn't know... (laughs) I didn't think that, that, that was, I would gain weight. Like it was just, wow. and I was eating all the bread and all the pasta and all, oh of, my God. you know, I went in September. So I went over the coldest months. So of course I was just comfort eating, but it wasn't, it wasn't like an emotional eating thing for me. It was just what I was doing. Uh, and I ended up gaining 30 pounds um, oh in God. three months. How <laughs> did I that work first. for your agent? Not very well.
0: <laughs> did they, so what do they do? Not do they well. like come in and they're like, you know, got to shut that eating down.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You really, because you, you stop booking jobs because you're not the sample size and you're not the sample weight. Um, and you know, that it's true. The camera does add weight as well. So again, back then it just wasn't as acceptable as it is now to be any and every size. Um, it was more of, you know, thinner was better, um, back then. So,
0: so what did you do to lose weight then? Was that, is that where
2: um, I mean, do you stop eating honest, honestly yeah it was a very it's it's where my unhealthy relationship came to food oh. uh because this was this was before I had all the tools that I have now and um and so back then you know at eighteen all I really knew was okay I'm just gonna stop eating I'm just gonna starve myself and um and I wasn't anorexic i wasn't you know, I don't want to lessen the the very serious mm-hmm. um, disorders, but I certainly had you know an emotional eating disorder of my own, where it was just be, before I didn't have a, a, a conscious what I was putting into my mouth. I just ate whatever as a kid, and at home right. I would eat pizza, I would eat whatever. And starting from that point, I then I then thought about what I was putting into my mouth and it carried over for the next decade of yeah. should i eat this and then there was a guilt attached to it and then there was a i need to work out after it um but it wasn't a healthy like mindful eating it was just a guilt eating right so i would guilt i i would binge eat uh and then i just wouldn't eat for the next uh 24 hours or i would only eat candy i would only eat candy because i felt like oh maybe it's not as fattening as bread or like just a completely different zero knowledge education around food. I just did it. What I thought was the easy way.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like Um, you have that now or did you undo that?
2: I completely undid that. Yeah. Yeah. Completely undid that. Uh, With, with having babies, I think that was a big thing. Um, And also just education. You know, I went through a major, major depression, depression period I did when I was young also with my, after my father died, um, uh, but then I went through another really big season of depression after I got a divorce, and hitting rock bottom, the way that I was able to climb out of that hole was through education um, and through educating myself, experiencing it, educating myself again, experiencing it. And then what probably was the biggest change for a relationship with food for me was starting to work out and, st- and becoming an athlete. Okay. So I became an athlete in my thirties, which is pretty late, especially for triathlon. Yeah. Um, I became a triathlete, but I started training for triathlon because I couldn't afford therapy anymore.
0: Oh, my god! So it was... It was <laughs> That's a strange... It would, if you didn't know the human body, that would be like a strange lateral no, change, I know. but a good one.
2: I know. it was. It's so funny when I, when I compartmentalize and kind of tell my story. It's like I'm telling someone else's story. Because, you know, yeah. when you've lived as long as... I don't know how old you are, but yeah. you seem like you're I'm, kind of my age where... Well, thank you, just, you. How old are you? You're 40? I'm 43. Yeah, oh, 42. I'm 51. Okay. So a decade older. But, but I'll be you know 43 I mean? like, for today. <laughs> for I'll take minute. it. <laughs> <laughs> but you you never know. Like right. I was just talking with Elle the other day too. We both have 18 year olds. You have an 18 year old. I an do 18-year-olds. as well. Okay. Yeah, so you don't, you never know if you're like 40s or 50s or whatever
0: all the um, same. After 40 we it's just like it's all the same, right? It's just like I'm over 40. That's all you need to I'm know. I'm over yeah.
2: 40 and that's all you need to know cuz the yeah. rest is just it's it's bliss. Like I yeah. love being 40 and over yeah. cuz I just feel like the wisdom yeah. uh, along with the experience and just the confidence is yeah. incredible in women over 40 in my in my opinion. You know
0: what happened to me when I turned 40? There was like a switch in my head that was like you're 40 now. So you should not care what other people think of you. Mm. Like it was like literally yeah, like you're I don't know switch, w- yeah. what it was about 40 but it was like you need to give up think worrying about what other people think of you. Yeah. And it was a- on a physical level for sure, but then as my 40s went on, it morphed into more of just a more authentic version of me because you start to get to know yourself.
2: And how old were your kids at that point? Did that have something to do with your with your children's age as well?
0: well Maybe I mean my daughter is 20 now, and I'll I'll tell you. And you know, as a mom, you probably had this experience where she was she was very artistic and flamboyant. And so when we and we were like definitely the family that like let our kids express themselves however they wanted. And so for her, that meant that when Halloween was over and she was Ariel, she still was Ariel, and she would still want to wear the long red wig wherever we went. So, yeah. <laughs> I and we would be at the grocery store in the car arguing over why you couldn't wear your ratted up red aerial ro- wig into the store. Totally. And after a while, I'm like, what am I doing? Just let her wear it. Yeah, who cares? And, who and cares? so we would go into the store, and it really, ge- I realized it was my issue. I'm, yeah, it's, it's now December, and we're wearing aerial wigs into the store, and yeah. she doesn't care. So yeah. I got to give up caring.
2: Yeah, no, that's it's a similar experience I had too with having kids. Is they're so innocent and they're so childlike, and they don't really care what anyone thinks of them. You know, at right. that at that certain age, we're the ones that impress that on them. We're yeah. the ones that are like, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't wear a blue sock and a red sock. And they're like, why? It's why, careful. I love it. Yep. Um, so I had, I had a similar experience for sure of just being like, wait, why why am I caring like? What it's it's a negative impact on my life and it's an energy suck and I'm just right. I feel so much more joyful. Yes, when I can wear a red sock and a blue sock. Yes, and, they don't and have and to always match. Life.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, your kids are so good, and they also, as you know, with an 18 year old, you hit a point now where I watch them and I'm like, oh, I implanted that in you. I'm so sorry. Like, and then I, I have to kind of unpack it a little bit. Like, you know, I get that you're feeling this way. And it, I, I'll take ownership over it sometimes. Like, you know, I ask you to redefine it because it might've been my limiting belief that I put in there. So let's, yeah. let's look at this from a different angle.
2: Yeah. So Yeah. yeah. I, I feel the same way. And it's a relationship too, that I, that I had with my mother as well before she passed away was, was knowing what was her issue, um, yes. that maybe she didn't have the same communication tools as, yep. as we do now um and she wasn't able to admit that but but before she died i was able to say okay that is your issue and that's okay because you don't have the tools of forgiveness or you don't have the tools of of letting go of that but i don't need to own that anymore mm-hmm. yeah so i think brain. yeah going up or or going down Did you down verbalize as well. that to her? I did. Yeah, yeah. we How'd she after take my it? she was incredible. Yeah, i give her huge props for for learning Right up until she died, she died when she was sixty-five, um, and she she kept on learning and kept on changing and kept on um, reinventing herself, which okay. which I think is incredible for right. for that generation, that post-war kind of generation because yeah. they certainly had no tools, you know. Yeah. Right. Um. But yeah, I'm very grateful for that because I didn't speak to her during three years after my divorce because she didn't agree with it, um, and I just had to. I had to do what I had to do Um, and probably more painful even than going through my divorce was feeling like I was having a divorce, going through a divorce with my mother as well, which was kind of double as painful. Yeah. 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 But we were able to reconcile and before she died and I'm so grateful for that.
0: Yeah. What brought you, what, what was the moment that allowed that to happen for the reconciliation Like how is it just take one person coming back into the relationship and saying, Hey, let's do this differently.
2: Honestly, it was time. It was time where, um, you know, you have to, you have to be okay with, with being in different seasons. Mm -hmm. I had to be okay with that because over the course of three years I grew immensely. And so did she, um, and it's interesting because we, we ended up writing each other letters, uh, that uh, I still have letters that I haven't opened up from her, <gasps> what? which is, which is really interesting because she's been gone now for four years. And honestly, I, I, I just talked about it the other day because we were going through files and I said to my husband, I was like, I don't know if I want to open these up because she was in a place then that she isn't now. And certainly not mm. now that she's gone. But I don't. I don't want to open that up, and open up something that she wrote when she was in a season of hurt and disappointment, um, and someplace that she wasn't before we, or, or when we after we reconciled. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was in therapy. Yeah. I was in therapy, uh, so I was able to you know write emails and write letters to her, and then I think it was just time. And at, I think at some point in life, you. I realize that you can either have a relationship or you're, or you're not, and then you're going to have regrets. Mm-hmm. So you either, you know, it's a, it's a give and take of, of what you can handle and what you can't. Yeah. And because my father already died, I really wanted to have a relationship with my mom, um, but, but we weren't able to at the time of my separation and my divorce so she went through 3 years of healing and growing and you know talking to different people and i did too and i think uh, after those years we came back together as different people we weren't the same people that we were 3 years prior so i think both of us had gained tools of communication and gained tools of of what we can handle and what we can't and then we found a grounds of where we can have a relationship and it wasn't a it wasn't a perfect relationship i don't think there it i don't think that exists but it was a it was a relationship of mutual respect, and uh, and unconditional love. Yeah. Wow! And I Powerful. think that that's I think that that's possible in in most relationships yeah. that you choose.
0: Yeah. That I when I was in my twenties, uh, I was living in L.A. and I got the opportunity to hear Ram Dass speak. Mm. And do you know who Ram Dass is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he he said something at the at the lecture that you get to either decide if you want to be right in a relationship, or do you want to be happy? Because Mm -hmm. sometimes those two don't exist. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really powerful when there's so much animosity in relationships, especially family ones, and you can come back.
2: Especially family, yeah. Yeah.
0: And especially your mother, like, that's intense. That's an intense one. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. ahead. No, I want to go back to this, because you said something, and this is where I'm always... When I'm I'm chatting with people, I'm always thinking about it through the lens of my resetters because we watch as they come to fasting and diet changes and like really what these people are doing is making a decision that they don't want to be in the traditional sick care system, that they're going to take health into their own hands. And I have so much admiration for that, yet there's a mindset that needs to come with it because Absolutely. in a more sick care system, we have, uh, we're have we not in control. We just do what we're told, and if it doesn't work, we blame the doctor, we blame the pill, and we go find another pill or another doctor. But what you said a few minutes ago really caught my attention, which was, you had depression, and then you had a tool to fix it, and then you got depression. This is the way I read it. Then you have depression, they had a tool to fix it, but it's those painful moments we have to
2: have them to create the new tools. Do you think mm-hmm. that's an accurate statement? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I love that. I, I think that pain has been my greatest teacher in life for sure because discomfort made me move. Um, the more comfortable I was, the more I just sat back. Um, and stayed in my comfort, and the yep. more the more uh, discomfort I had, and certainly the, de- the, the more desperate I got, um, the more desperate I got to change and to find something that worked and and what worked at the time then evolved to when it didn 't work anymore, but at least it was a stepping stone to then getting more curious of, of maybe knowing better and then doing better mm-hmm. if that makes sense
0: so if, if you get a painful moment now do you go, Oh, this is awesome. I'm going to learn so much from it. No, no. So So what do you do? Because in the pain, I'm the same way, like in the pain, I'm like, I don't like this. I don't want this. Let's make this go away. And then it's only when you go back that you see the wisdom of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think I've it's, yeah, that's so funny. Um, (laughs) <laughs> because what what I came to this podcast from, I just got off a Zoom call, literally three minutes before we started this, uh, bawling hysterically because I was on a Zoom call with um, with my 17 year old's teachers, and you know anyone who has teenagers now knows knows the Zoom calls and knows the 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 mental health of our children and knows just the amount of change that they've had to go through. And so I was just bawling. I was a, I was a total mess, and just the, the heartache and the pain of, of the lack of control and not knowing what's happening and not knowing yep. what the future is, and just the, the discomfort, you know. Yep. Um, I'm certainly not sitting here going, "Yes, this is amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna be the greatest, most wise person." No, it hurts, and yep. it sucks. Yeah, but what what I do mentally, um, even though I'm crying and it hurts and it's and it and it's a painful situation, you can choose your thoughts. I I'm, I'll speak for myself. I can I can now choose my thoughts because um, I've learned that my brain and my body are are different. Even though everything's connected, but if I'm feeling something, I can think something else, and I can think that it's either a positive or a negative. And I spent my entire Uh, at young adulthood going up into thirties as a victim and as a victim, I chose the negative and I chose my thoughts of, of, of what I was thinking about myself or the narrative of the story. So now I've learned that that doesn't help me at all. And even if I have to fake it and fake the positive thought and not even positive, because I feel like positive is so fluffy, not that it's positive, but, but a, a positive thought of knowing I'm not stuck here and this pain isn't going to be forever. I'm feeling this pain and I'm crying and I'm angry and I'm feeling out of control. Um but this isn't going to be forever and I'm allowing that pain to flow through me instead of getting stuck. Mm, so what I did I in that. those 3 minutes between our phone calls um was I went outside. My hu- I'm lucky enough that my husband's with my younger two right now. They're napping. I have a two and a three-year-old as well, Um, but I was able to get up, go outside, literally shake it off, do like a crazy dance, do this incredible breathing where I'm just bringing oxygen to my brain and I'm moving my body and I'm moving my brain and I'm, uh, or not my brain, but I'm (laughs) moving my breath Right. Right. and it changes your state and sometimes you have to compartmentalize. I mean, honestly, I would have loved to have canceled this phone call because I would have loved (laughs) to have just like... I in and that and I can't do it. But yep. I was like, no, I'm gonna compartmentalize, even if I you know stumble through my words and and I'm in a bit of a fog and not able to answer your questions perfectly. Um but I've also given up on yeah, I was gonna say, to don't me. worry, you did great. I
0: mean, yeah. uh, no but worries. Yeah, I just
2: I just changed my state, and that was yeah. a huge, huge, huge tool um that I gained from um from the how do I say this without? <laughs> I always think, how do I say this without pissing anybody off? But I'm just no go say for it. it. Just um, say it. pharmaceuticals didn't work for me, so I went on three different. I was uh, prescribed three different pharmaceuticals for depression, and each one of them threw me into more of a depression, and I was actually suicidal and and landed in the hospital. And at that rock bottom, I knew that I needed to change something, uh, and so that's when I, when I said I started getting on a hand-me-down bike and started training for triathlon instead of paying more money to my therapist. And I, am an advocate, I'm a huge advocate for therapy. I think it's incredible, but again, I don't think you need to sit on a therapist couch for 30 years. I think that the goal of therapy is to, um, is to create change and to create awareness And then you move on that awareness. So you take that awareness and then you act on it. Because action, I think, is the number one tool for changing your state.
0: Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But you had a quote quote on your webpage that I totally resonated with. And it was something to that moment that you can change your... You have to look at it from a different perspective. And then you got to move into action. So Mm. for me, I've learned... In the last couple of years and this pandemic time has really taught me this more than ever is that I am an action gal So Mm. I can't sit back and just like let shit happen to me I've got to once I see that there's an issue. I've got to be in action or i'm in anxiety So Mm. I get to choose which which way I want to be but sometimes the action isn't clear And Mm. I don't know what the next step is like the pandemic. I mean this really has my brain like totally beyond logic. I don't know. So I had a similar, I've had, you know, with my 18 year old and 20 year old, my 18 year old is applying to colleges. And he's a competitive soccer athlete that has spent his whole life training for this moment. Wow. And, and there are no, they all this ath, athletics in college right now have been given an extra year. So all there's no movement of the athletes out. So he's looking at me and he's like, there's no opportunities for me. And I'm like, nope.
2: What do I do? Yeah. Yeah.
0: We're not going to be victims here. So, and my daughter, you know, she just wants to be in class and just like sit in a classroom and With listen other to other people, yeah. yeah. And so I, what I've been doing is just, I said this to my 20 year old the other day. I'm like, I would tell you two things that our family will not stand for. We will not stand for letting fear run us. And Mm -hmm. we will not let relationships get ruined in this moment. So Mm -hmm. all the other stuff, we can't figure out. I don't know what Mm -hmm. the hell's going on in the world right now, but I do know how I want to show up. And we have Mm -hmm. to keep reminding ourselves of that.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Control your controllables for sure. Yeah. So Um,
0: yeah, talk about like that. For me, that's like clarity. And then I got to go like, what action can I do? So mm -hmm. what, what, Give me some examples, like riding a bike is action. You're like
2: ice bath woman too. I, 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 well, that's I know. Your- I mean, that's, it's a different type of action for sure. What, what ice baths have taught me is the action of my breath and the action of my mind. Uh, because, you know, I talk all about movement and I just say, move your body, move your body, move your body. And then I got pregnant. Um, and then I had, uh, uh, what's it called? Placenta previa. Where, uh, uh, where your placenta is covering your cervix. So I couldn't have a natural birth because otherwise I would bleed to death or the baby would, or the baby would die. Um, so that's why I had to have a C-section. Uh, but most women are put on bed rest, um, you know, if you have a lot of bleeding. And so I was like, well, what do, what do you do if you can't move? Um, but that's where ice baths were so huge for me. I didn't do them when I was pregnant, but ice baths are a different type of movement because you're sitting in a coffin of ice. (laughs) And even, and you're sitting in pain and you're sitting in major discomfort and your mind is going, it's moving a million miles a minute. And you can, you can either train it and you can either listen to it because your, your brain is on automatically is saying, you're going to die. We need to get out of here because you're going to die. So it's that like, it's that, um, that protection that your brain is obviously your brain is there to protect you. That's why yeah. there's fear. That's why there's caution because your brain is going, we're gonna die, don't do this, we're gonna die. Yeah. And but there's another, there's your mind, and your mind and your brain, as you know, very well, obviously, are, yeah. are two completely different things, even though it's all connected. But you can tell yourself what to think and you can tell yourself what to believe, even though your brain is going, Bing, 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 listen to this. Like, be careful, be careful. Um, but the movement sitting in the ice bath was me moving my, my thoughts around and, and telling myself that you're okay, you can do this. This is painful, but just sit in it, feel it, be in control of your thoughts. And that's what changed anxiety for me. Um, I, I did some other things before, but anxiety, was a, it was huge with the ice baths. Um, Not only just physiologically and scientifically knowing what's actually happening to your blood and to your vagus nerve and to all those things, but with my mind, I started realizing how powerful my mind was. Mm -hmm. And it's what triathlon did with me too, because I never knew what I could do until I did something that I didn't think I could do. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of retrains your brain. Um, out of old patterns and out of this thinking, out of this victim mentality of, oh, I can't do that or all oh, this or that or that. Yeah. Like you, you have to push through uh, when there's no other choice. And that's where desperation is a great motivator too. Yeah. Because you have to move, otherwise, you're going to die. Yeah. When you're well, like it, anything in nature, <laughs> if there's, if there's a bear coming at, well, actually no, with the bear, you're supposed
0: to, you're you probably should move. <laughs> <laughs> you should probably run if the bear's coming at you. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Is it play dead or is it run? I'm not sure. Well, oh, that's a good question. Mountain, mountain lions are what we yeah. think about here in Northern California. We don't think about exactly. bears too much and, exactly. and it's, you turn
2: around lions. and you stand up at it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that body, like there's that composure. There's that whole thing. Um, But yes, movement for me, movement is life. There's the analogy of the pond or the rushing river. You know, you see a pond and it's just still, and it just grows all this mold and all this fungus. And it's just like this, you know, dirty pond because it's just sedentary. Or there's this rushing water that can break, that can slowly break through rock. And is just like full of life and oxygen, and 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 it's just incredible. So for me, I've just I've I've wanted to always move. Yeah. And when I couldn't move, then I still was able to move my thoughts and move my my brain and move move things in my head when I wasn't able to move my body.
0: Do Do you think it's as linear as? You're in like you get you've given me a new perspective on the ice bath of all the biohacks, by the way This is the one i'm like i'm gonna go do it Like I can do five days without food. No problem But now you want me to sit a few minutes in a cold ice bath and my brain So you're giving me a new insight to look at it from Mm -hmm. a mindset training point of view as opposed to oh This is good for my parasympathetic nervous system like to use it as hey when you get into an adverse situation because you've done these other things you have trained your mind to be able to handle that do you think that it's that linear so like when something shows up you're like oh okay wait i have two thoughts right now i could i get to choose which one i am gonna grab on do you think that the the mind works that quickly after a couple of ice baths? Or do you think you have to have like a lot of different experiences for you personally?
2: Yeah, I was going to say um, it, it's different for everybody, right? Everyone deals with things differently. For me, it took five years and five different therapists for me to know it was right to, to actually file for a divorce. Mm. So from separation to divorce, it took five years. Yeah. For some people it takes five minutes, five days, right. five weeks. I don't know. I think it's it's different for everybody because everyone has a different environmental conditioning. Everyone has a different uh childhood, you know, everyone has different voices and, and different experiences. Um and it I don't I don't think anything's linear at yeah. all. And that's why not. it's hard to be it's hard to be in a social uh position like you are like I am in anyone with an audience. It's hard because it's like, I share my own experience, um, but that's not going to be the same experience for anybody mm-hmm. or for, for everybody. And some people will have, they'll have results in their first time. They'll have incredible results. Other people, it will take con- consistency and consecutive action for three months to break through old habits or to break through just incredible Hardship that they've had to endure. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, you can, it's funny because you can see my progression in the ice baths. I have three highlights of over a 100 videos each. So I have over 300 videos where you can literally see the progression physically and mentally. So my first ice bath was literally, I was in and I was out and I was like, <gasps> I can't breathe. <laughs> that was so cold. Oh my God, I'm gonna die. That was so cold. And then it literally goes to nine minutes. Of me talking, I I take the phone in with me and I'm talking to the phone. And I go in and I and I control my breath and then I talk for nine minutes while I'm in In sub zero temperatures. So it just goes to show like the progression and all and that Mm. that took me probably about a year. Mm. I think that was from like July, July to July. How often
0: do you do ice baths?
2: It's, I don't oh, do anything consistently. Yeah. yeah. There's there's seasons as any mother knows with small children. It's like yeah. people ask me, what is your daily routine? I'm like, I wake up and the rest <laughs> is, I have no idea what's going to happen. And at the end of the day, the kids are alive and I'm alive and that oh, was my a good goodness. day then. Yeah. Yes. And if they're alive, then that's incredible. No, I have, you know, I joke, I, my life isn't that chaotic. I do try and have a little bit of a routine. Um, but there's, yeah, there's some things that, that are non-negotiable. And then there's other things that are seasons of, I do an ice bath. And if I'm doing, you know, something with a group of people, which I love, which is what you do with fasting as well, I love joining groups and having accountability and having motivation and having structure um, and yeah. just having fellowship. Because I yeah. think it's so much easier to know that you're not alone. Yeah. So I've yeah. done seasons of ice baths. Um, and then I've done seasons of red light therapy. I've done seasons of movement, of like going for a walk every day or running or, um, or working out, like doing crazy hit training. Like there's just, there's seasons. And I think that, I think that I intuitively do things like that so that I don't plateau and mm-hmm. so that I don't get bored. Yeah. Um, and it's also just, I think, especially with 2020, like there's, You're always going through seasons where where everything in life is a circle. Whether it's a 24-hour day, morning to night, that's a circle, Um, and then a week, Monday to Monday, is another circle, and then a month. Like everything in this life is seasonal, and it's all about uh, being in a circle. So I think if you're trying to do one thing, just like this, it's really hard to sustain. It's it's hard to sustain energetically. And also, you're just not the same person as you were back here, and you're still trying to oh you're trying to grow, but like I think when you come back to something like this, you realize, "Wow, look how far I've come," And then you might go through another season of just like, oh, it's shifting yeah. and changing and then becoming more, and maybe ice baths aren't oh, actually, something interesting about the ice baths is uh, just a few months ago, my husband and I went through something um, where there was a lot of grieving and a lot of pain. And, and a lot of crying. I cried for days, just straight, just kind of processing and and dealing with this grief. And, uh, and I thought, Oh, you know what? One morning I was like, I'm going to do an ice bath. I just need like a refresh. I'm going to do an ice bath. And I got into the ice bath and literally it was almost like the first time that I had done it. My body, my, I couldn't catch my breath. I couldn't control my breath. And this wasn't because I'm not seasoned at it. Like or that right. I hadn't done it in a few months like I just did it a few weeks ago. Um but I got out and for the entire rest of the day I was I was shaking. I couldn't get my body to to regulate itself again and it was so awesome just seeing how in how my body is so intelligent that it was like, "No, you're going through stress right now. You're going through this grieving period." Um, and we're already fighting so much to keep your immune system up, that the ice bath was the wrong choice. Uh, Interesting. (laughs) You know, so if you keep something linear like that, thinking, well, it worked two weeks ago, it should work today. uh, We see that in
0: fasting all the time. People are like, I want to do a five-day water fast, but three days in, I was going to pass out. It's like, okay, so listen to your body. Listen and especially, body. especially women, you know, I think that we've lost touch of our own intuitive sense of what's right for our health because of looking at the way people look in magazines or comparing ourselves to everybody around us. And so then we come to some really cool things like ice baths and Fasting and then, and you do it. We do it in a community, and now you compare yourself to everybody in the community, or you compare yourself to your husband, or it's like, no, no, no. The whole purpose is to get in touch with the intelligence so you can find that right path for you. For you. Yeah. I, I don't know if you find this on social media, but. Um, when I did my very first YouTube video, and we have like over 500 videos now that we got like 227,000 subscribers, like really cool people over there. But the first video was done because I was fed up. And what happened, it was here in California, SB 277 got passed, which was the vaccine law. And Mm -hmm. I had spent the majority, so many hours researching vaccines and being very mindful of the chemicals that went into my children. And I was sitting one day at a ladies night out with a bunch of my friends and we were discussing the, the SB 277. And one of my friends had an older son that was vaccine injured. And so she didn't do it, didn't vaccinate the the second child. And so she turns to me and she's like, we're whispering at the table. Like, she's like, what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to do this? And our other friend over here is the other women overhear it. And one of them looks at me and goes, are you, your kids aren't vaccinated. Are you an idiot? And I'm like, actually, no, I've spent hours and hours and hours researching this. I'm a very educated, thoughtful parent. And the other gal looks at me and says, well, if my doctor says that I need to do it, then I'm going to do it. And so when SB 277 passed, i decided my job was to wake people up and to become and to teach them how to think for themselves so i just picked up the camera and was like your body is a fucking miracle you are built with so many incredible mechanisms stop Doing what everybody else is doing, and think for yourself and yeah. it just launched this whole movement of people that gave them freedom to find that right path yeah and I think we are so desperately missing
2: that right now huge, hugely i think I think um, I think we're in a perfect storm situation because the powers that be. And I don't know what I can say and what I can't yeah, say, say
0: whatever. We'll edit um, out the rest, but we're, <laughs> it's, I can actually say more here than I can say
2: on YouTube. I got to be really careful. Oh, for sure. And oh on yeah. YouTube. On Instagram, I can't say anything. I'm completely shadow banned on Instagram. Yeah. Um, but I think we're in a, we're in a perfect situation for the powers that be, because everything that's brought us to this point, um, has, has caused us to be depleted, exhausted. Um, mentally, physically, everything, like look at every mother right now in 2020 and who, after a, after a full day of trying to do the business that you were doing, plus raising your kids, plus trying to figure out how to, um, Oh, are you still there?
0: That's okay. We just lost your video for a moment.
2: Okay. Um, you know plus uh, plus adding in orthorexia and adding in what what you 're feeding your kids yeah. and what you're what you 're trying to feed them and not feed them and and everyone 's talking about the immune system and but what do you do and what do you not do? like they 're exhausted to the point yeah. where at night you lay your head to your pillow and you cannot even digest normal information, never mind digging any deeper into right. any type of. Medical journal, or or what's true and what's not. I mean, we can't even you can't even know what's true and what's not. And I think it's I'm I love that we share the same thing about innate, in incredible intrinsic. Um, our our bodies are so wise and we're created so incredibly that if you would just stop to to listen. And not be desensitized and not be hurried and, and know that maybe what's right for you isn't for somebody else, mm-hmm. but it's okay to choose what's right for you. Mm-hmm. Like for me, my, my, again, I'm not a doctor. I don't have initials after my name. No one should trust me other than I'm an expert in my own body, I'm an expert yeah. in my own experience. Yes. So when I, when I have a product um, that works for my cold sore, for example, um, it's not because I read a medical journal on it or did any type. I mean, I, I I researched what works and what doesn't. And for me, it's this ozone oil that my husband um, is advanced certified in ozone therapy. So thankfully, he kind of did the research for yeah, me. Awesome. Um, but he does the research and I'm always like the, eh, we'll see. So I use it. And then when I share it, I share from my expert experience of what has worked for me, not because, you know, a hundred case study did, did this, which do we really know that that happened? (laughs) What are they leaving out, you know, Or, or what have they added in or whatever? So it's, it's, it's coming back to, which is very difficult because we're just completely bombarded with everything from every single corner what I love yep. about technology is you and I being able to connect and being yep. able to connect with hundreds of thousands of people in your audience, which is just, I mean, I didn't have to fly anywhere. You know, right. We didn't awesome. have to all go into this major stadium. We can do it right here, which is an incredible, incredible benefit. And there's also the flip side of in this little device, there's millions of opinions and millions of scientific data and millions of different things that are just like, Overwhelming. Yeah. Completely overwhelming and can shut you down.
0: Do you get people then that say to you, Hey, I tried the ozone lotion and it didn't work for me? Do you get that on your Instagram where they're like, Hey, you told me to try that, but this isn't working
2: for me? I haven't with the ozone yet, because, okay. because it's that o- good. I know. <laughs> ozone just ozone. Everybody, it's, everybody it's incredible, but was- yeah, for sure. When I talk about beauty products mm-hmm. or when I talk about, I mean, what else do I talk about? Um, certain supplements, you know, or certain things. And and that's why I, a huge advocate just like you are for doing things in your season, especially with fasting. You know, I get asked that all the time. Do I intermittent fast? Do I water fast? Do I do the prolon system? Like, what do I do? And I share some things that I do, but I certainly say, um you know if i do a certain type of fast i'm like if you want to join me and if we're on the same cycle yeah awesome <laughs> then join me because i am starting on this day because it's the first day of my period well and done. I don't i don't want to fast before when my body's actually thinking that it's revving up for protection and revving up to want to you know create this baby yeah. And then when I haven't created the baby, then my body's like, oh, okay, perfect. Let's cleanse. Right. Let's purge. Let's, let's do this. Let's kind of start on a new circular love season. It. Yeah.
0: So, I love it. I think though we uh, – I mean just on healthcare alone, but it, probably our society in general – We're just people and I see this like in my community people just like just tell me the answer I just want to know the answer So like there's it's like there's a virus just mask up and just stay masked until we tell you to vaccinate and it's like no wait that That's how we create more suffering And I feel like and i'm not saying that those things are bad if for those that are listening I'm saying that we have to get back to thinking for ourselves which is really what I love a lot about your Instagram. You are incredibly authentic and mm-hmm. messy in all different ways, which allows everybody else to be messy and to find their own path. If, mm-hmm. we, if we show up and say, this is what you do, this is how you do it, look at me, I'm perfect, uh, humanity loses in that moment,
2: don't you think? Completely. Oh, humanity loses, and I lose. I mean, any Agreed. time that I any time that I can get at all high on myself on a physical level, I get a cold sore the next day. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> at least you got the ozone cream. <laughs> I know. Oh, it goes right in a few days. No, but I I was lucky enough to to have very realistic parents, and to have to, I, I was never surrounded with yes people. I was always surrounded um, with an incredible group of friends that challenged me in a really good way and that we didn't always have the same opinions. Um, and yeah, there was a lot of things that kept me humble and I think humility, I think there's a fine line between, um, humility and, and, and victimhood, you know, cause there's sometimes there's some, a lot of years where I thought, Oh, I'm just being humble, but really I was just being a victim and didn't want to step into my power and didn't want to take responsibility. Yeah. Um so there's kind of that fine line but I think I think there's nothing more incredible than an authentic person with confidence that also has humility and that has empathy yes. because they've been through something. Yes. And that makes an authentic whether it's a leader or whether it's just a friend, I think it makes an a, an authentic human being of knowing that nothing's perfect. Um some you know, something comes out of my mouth. I want it to be something from experience and it could change. And hopefully, you know, some things don't change. Um, but I, I, I hope some things do change of opinions or wisdom because again, when you know better, you do better. I vaccinated my, my 18 year old because I didn't know better. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Right. Um, and you know, but it, again, so
0: this is my thing on that
2: topic. And I wish we were talking
0: about this on a, on a, like a bigger scale right now in this pandemic is I feel like people should, if a doctor when you had a child said, here's what I think you should do to your, for your child with vaccines, um, here are the risks, here's the, here's the benefits, now you need to decide for yourself. We would be living in a totally different world, but that's not the way it works, is that we have so much fear put into us around how we show up, whether it's healthcare or right now, like how we think, like all of it. I, I keep telling my husband, I'm like, I have to, I have to protect my mind. Like I gotta be really careful it's to crazy. what I take let in there. Cause you could go down rabbit holes of conspiracy theory. You could like, I just ke- I feel like now more than ever I'm trying to keep my own thoughts very clear.
2: Yeah. No, I, I think now more than ever it's very important. Um, to go back to the if every doctor you know gave you the the opportunities of their knowledge and allowing you to make your own decision, uh, the first time that I actually had like this bizarre epiphany about that was when my mom went in for chemotherapy and my dad went through radiation and chemotherapy for uh, leukemia and he had a bone marrow transplant. This was thirty whatever years ago. Um, and then now my mom, when she was diagnosed with colon cancer, she was kind of going through the same things because it's just what, you know, cancer, right. like it's C equals C cancer equals chemotherapy. Um, and so she kind of, you know, was asking the doctor about chemotherapy, asking about all this stuff. And she went, she, she kind of knew that she wanted some alternative method rather than losing the hair. And she, she was a nurse. So she also knew that like, you know what this does is it completely lowers your immune system. My dad didn't die of cancer; he died of pneumonia mm. because, because wow. he he had caught a cold right. while he was yep. in remission. Yep. And yep. you know they they back then he, they weren't worried about building up his immune system whatsoever. So my mom was kind of like, oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm going to go to these doctors and I'm going to ask. You know, every every single doctor said chemotherapy. Boom, boom, boom. That was the first thing. And after her fifth doctor that she went to. Uh, She flew to the States because I'm Canadian. She was in Canada. She flew to the States and she was in tears, begged this doctor to be truthful with her and say, is there another option? And he literally went like this on the desk, uh, almost did like one of these. And he goes, so if I don't, if I don't tell you to do chemotherapy or if I don't um, encourage you to do chemotherapy my license will be revoked wow and that for the first time i was like wait a second wow what do you what do you mean and it it threw me it went it took me to go down that rabbit hole where instantly i was like oh wait so you know people are people are now in this day and age people are are coming down hard on influencers right where they're like how dare you promote this or promote, how how do i know i can trust you you're just being paid to say this and I want to be like, you know, Kermit the Frog, like with the, with, with the thing. I'm like, um, but you'll do anything your doctor says. Right. You don't yep. think they're getting paid for everything that they're promoting? Yep. Yep. And it, not to throw doctors under the bus. They have an incredible amount of knowledge, but there's an incredible amount of knowledge that is at our fingertips. Yep. With with, with everything that we don't have to go to a library and, you know, go down and try and find this book and that book. Everything is available to us. Yeah. There's stuff that's censored for sure, but we have a wealth of information that we can come to our doctors with and say, um, okay, so I know that you prefer this method, but what do you think about this? And if they're like, nope, then maybe find another doctor. I'm just going to say, find another doctor yeah we my really mom eventually found a doctor she did that that helped her with with what she was going through. Unfortunately, it was too late, and she detoxified uh, she detoxed too heavily too quickly, um, um, and she eventually died of kidney failure Wow but yeah f- uh, you know it 's always wow. the if 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 but yeah. she wasn 't in the right season to do what we would have wanted her to do, but if she would have, who knows it could have been yeah. a lot different but wow.
0: So so you have a two-year-old and a three-year-old, is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. So how do you train because that's a fresh brain. That's a that's a clean a clean palate.
2: <laughs> theirs, <laughs> so, not mine, theirs.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought about this a lot as I was parenting as like just really being conscious to get them to think for themselves. So, you know, I think when just from what I know about neuroplasticity and our brains, the older we get, the harder it is to think for ourselves, the more ingrained. But if you're a parent that has young children, what like give us some examples. Like I know I mean, just from Instagram, you live in do you live in the woods? Like you, you live like in a little house. What tell me about what you're doing? Because that's already out of the box and those kids are already learning. That uh, yeah. you don't need to live in a big mansion with a big fancy car to be happy.
2: Yeah, it's funny because, um, you know, I went through this with my older son because uh, we moved to Los Angeles when he was six months old. We lived in New York, had him in New York, and then we moved to L.A. Um, and New York, we- wealth is, is seen differently in New York than it is in L.A. Oh, In New York, you can be a millionaire, but you're still living in a closet. Oh, yeah, because it's <laughs> you know, New York. You're still living in like a tiny little yeah. apartment. And then you come to LA and you're a millionaire and you have a millionaire's house, yeah. typically, right? You actually so, start
0: with you start with a millionaire car because yeah. everybody at LA drives. So the car
2: yeah. is the more important than the house, and then you get the house. It's funny because that's the first thing we got before we bought our house. So we yep. moved to LA, we rented so that we could kind of suss out the situation, but we did buy a BMW. Yep. I always use we that bought example. A 5 series.
0: Yep. I'm, I used to say people are, are are paying more for their car payments than their apartment, because in LA, that's the way, that's what matters. Yeah,
2: because before quarantine, you know, everyone was driving around in their cars all day long. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we, yes, I, I raised my older son quite differently than I did my younger children. So we, you know, moved into the typical Hollywood, West Hollywood, $2 million home, and we had um all of the friends all the celebrities and so my son's friends were all celebrity friends and you know everyone had the big stuff and uh and then I got divorced and um and couldn't afford I was the one that moved out because I was the one that chose to leave and moved out into an apartment that I I had never paid my own phone bill I had never paid for anything on my own I was very very young um and just allowed my husband to, to steer the ship. And I wasn't worried about paying bills or anything like that. Anyway, it's a longer story. Um, but over, over a decade, uh, I went from being uh, very wealthy to not being able to afford gas in my car. Wow. Um, and I painted my friend's baseboards so that she would get, so that she would have a reason she was giving me cash under the table. Anyway, she's an incredible friend. But just so her husband <laughs> could, could validate her slipping me cash, uh, funny. Um, she, I, I painted their baseboards. I literally went to Home Depot, bought baseboards, installed baseboards, painted them, and she gave me cash for, uh, for gas for my car. Um, and then that was kind of around the whole time where I was starting to train. And then with my training, I was, I was able to mentally get back on my feet and, and able to work again and start making my own money. Uh, which eventually went into building another business. Um, But in all of that, and then also with, so with losing all of my material possessions, uh, it was around the same time that California was going through crazy fires. This was in, this would have been 10 years ago, where uh, I, I couldn't afford my storage unit anymore. So I went in there and in my ear on the radio, people were losing their homes. They were being evacuated, you know, losing everything. And it was one of those moments for me too, where I was like, oh, there's a brain switch here. Instead of being a victim of, oh, I can't afford this anymore. There's always the comparing up and the comparing down, right? So I was able to make a choice to actually give all of this stuff to goodwill um, because I had to downsize. And it went from downsizing to downsizing to downsizing. Um, And it all came in layers. So now... We're choosing um, to raise our family in a very, very small footprint. We're we're in a guest house that doesn't even have its own address um, in a one room home. So we we took out both little bookshelves and and both kids sleep on either side of the couch in like little teepees. Um, and then our bed is here and our little kitchen is here and our bathroom. And we live. We have like an indoor outdoor living situation. But because we spend a lot less money on our Uh, on our living expenses. Um, We have a lot more space outside and we spend a lot of time outside because we're not spending time having to make more money to pay for more stuff. Yep. And I think it helped too when my mom died because instantly everything that meant something to her on the Friday, on the Saturday, after she passed away, we got rid of. Oh, wow. We had, we had, uh, we had three different bags, a Goodwill bag, a friend bag, and a garbage bag, like three different colors, um, because she was in Canada and I was up there to help my sister because she was living in my sister's basement or in uh, her condo. And so I, I was only there for two weeks and I wanted to help my sister. She was pregnant with her fourth. So we really just like, you know, it wasn't one of those where you just leave everything for a couple months. I was going to say that is that not what most people, yeah, most people hang on to it because they can't let it go. Yeah, it was, again, a, a, des- a, a choice of desperation, which I'm really grateful for now because um, I didn't want to have, my, have to have my sister deal with that alone yeah. in, the next cu- in the next couple of months. And I knew that she was having her fourth baby. So we were there for two weeks. And within those two weeks, we literally separated everything into those three piles, one to give to her friends, another one to give to Goodwill, and the other one was trash. Wow. And it was very, very freeing. I was just um, going to say- yeah. I bet. You know, I mean, I've never felt more free than I do now because I've gone through so many experiences of letting go, yeah. some out of desperation and some out of choice. Yeah. Um, and Back it's, to you, the yeah.
0: training. You either, yeah. you either decide to train yourself in an ice bath or you let life train you or you, or you do both and you yeah. find yourself. And tra-
2: training yourself is a lot easier because then yeah. you, you can withstand what life throws at you because you already have the training. You've, you've gone through the marathon training to know that you can do those 26.2 yeah. miles. Yeah.
0: And I hope some that we look back at 2020 and we say that, I mean, I've in so many some ways. Some of us will. Yeah. Some yeah. of us won't. In so many ways, there was this year pushed me to do things that are so much better for my life than they were before, even though they were painful in the moment. So I hope as a
2: society we go back and we look at some of those things. I mean, I think there's incredible moments. Think of all the people that, are, that sold their ho- homes and are living in an RV. Yeah. You know, right. like living this incredible, adventurous life. I mean, five of my closest friends moved from LA this year. Wow. Where'd they go? uh two went to australia one went, went to new zealand wow. another one went to georgia and another it. one is back and forth in uh, in aspen but i think wow. it's it's you know it's brought about change where people are really thinking what is what is worth it Agreed. right now and it's yeah. like what what is happiness and what is health and that looks different for everybody yeah. but i think people are now finally Kind of forced to 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 take a side, yeah. <laughs> Which right. We all know there's right. never been more division in this country, for sure. Um, but it's yeah. it's not all bad. I think it's really good if you can. If you can be confident in your choice through knowledge and through kind of gaining that wisdom and gaining that understanding of why you're making your choice.
0: Yeah. And figuring out what's right for you, which is I think the most important thing because yeah. you know, you could live your whole life and all of a sudden you're 60 and realize you live somebody else's life. Oh, and in this That was well, me at 30. Yeah. At this moment, we get to make a decision on how we want to do this. I mean, I can just tell you here in Silicon Valley, I have so many patients that are like, I'm not going back, like big high tech, like Facebook, Google, um, and they're like, we're not going back till next year. And so then all of a sudden, their whole day has been reorganized. They can come into our office whenever they want, like, and they are happier human beings because they're not going to the office and getting
2: stuck there till nine o'clock at night. Yeah, and what amazing. you thought was normal. like right. what you Think of New York. Think of New Yorkers who thought it was normal to go into their tiny little cubicles and go into their tiny little things day in and day out. And it takes something this global and this monstrous to actually shake us up and be like, wait, that doesn't have to be normal. Right. I don't have to be in this rat race. Like I can choose to take a break. Because yes. if I don't, something will choose to break me and I don't have the training for it. Right. That's why I always say like with fasting or with nutritional choices or with ice baths or movement or whatever, even if you feel great, if you don't, if you don't implement those actions when you're feeling healthy, you're certainly not going to have the energy to implement those when you're feeling like shit. So when you, when you all of a sudden, are diagnosed with cancer or you're diagnosed with whatever, your energy is already like completely displaced. So you're, you're now worried about your family and you're worried about this and you're trying to get doctor's notice, uh, doctor's appointments here and there. You're, you're typically not going to do your first coffee enema right. when you come back from your doctor's appointment that just told you <laughs> no. you have colon cancer. If you've never done it before, you know, right. but if you've done coffee enemas and you've gotten over the fear and you've seen the results and the results speak louder than the fear. And all of a sudden you're excited and you see how vibrant you are and how amazing you feel and how your skin has cleared up and your immune system is on point. Um, then when you, if, if you get diagnosed with cancer, then you're like, boom, I know what to do. I've done this. I'm going to fast. I'm going to do my coffee enemas. I'm going to do this, this, and this. And it's not as hard because you've seen the benefits and you've seen the results and you've already practiced it. So it's not this like huge overwhelming thing that you have to start something new.
0: I love that. I love that. I walked the journey of cancer with a good friend and I watched how much money she spent trying to repair her health. And it's I mean the pain and everything she went through. And um when she a couple of days before she died, she was in hospice care and Her liver, it was was breast cancer that had metastasized to the liver, and the liver was just, I mean, she was skin and bones, and you could see this ginormous tumor-filled liver. And I remember something clicking in my brain and thinking, okay, so we get to decide, do we wait until we get the diagnosis to try to do something, or do I do everything that she did to mm-hmm. try to undo her cancer. What? What if I did that now, so I never have to be in this position again, yes. forever? Yes.
2: Yeah. And even if you are, for some reason, even if you are, then you have the tools, and you've built a house before. You know how to build a house, and if a hurricane comes in and demolishes that house, you know because you've built homes before. You know how to build a house, and you Love know it. where to start, and you have all the tools. And you can rebuild your house. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, but it does I have take a, practice.
0: I have a couple other questions for you. But before I do that, you have to tell me um, your favorite biohack. So like your husband owns a, does he own a biohacking center or an office
2: or what does he do <laughs> yeah, I know he, he's like the biggest uh what do you call it like not anomaly but what's what's when someone's like super private and super Oh, like, so he has oh gosh yes be. that's how my husband is too yeah oh, so he I doesn't he wouldn't want it no. and I'm just like oh let me tell you about my sexual past you know and oh my gosh and I'm just like wow really <laughs> um, no, but he's no, he's, he's fine. He's on my Instagram. No, he doesn't own an office, but okay. he does. Um, he does everything from hands-on. He used to do a lot more hands-on obviously. And then now he does phone calls, phone consultations and works with people privately. Um, but he is, I just swallowed a hair. Hold on. It's all good. Um, extra minerals in there. They'll be good for you. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> Let me just put some collagen in there. Yeah. Um, so he, he was a model also for 20 years, but before that he did prerequisites for chiropractic. So he's always had like, um, he's always had an interest in how the body works mm-hmm. and the mind body connection. And um, on a personal level, his mom suffered for years and years with back pain and did a bunch of different surgeries. And, and he watched his mom um, for a lot of his years growing up in bed and in pain and in the hospital in traction and stuff. So he from a heartfelt level, um, has always wanted to help people, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to call him a healer because that sounds really woo woo. Mm-hmm. Um, but he really is because he he goes to the root of 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 why someone's having symptoms, Love and it. then he deals with those symptoms. So he works he works on the body, um, but as you know, with that he also deals with the mind and everything from nutrition all the way to scar tissue and, you know, to everything. So, uh, we have all of, I have all of the biohacking tools that I have because we've invested in it for his work. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if we would have invested in it before, but he's able to use it for work. Um, so almost like uh it, it feels like it's okay to spend that amount of money because yep. I wouldn't have spent the amount on myself, yep. which is so funny because like we were saying, but all of a sudden you get diagnosed with something and money just flows out the window. Right.
0: And you find it the money you didn't know you have all of a sudden. So what's yeah. your favorite tool that you guys have?
2: Uh I hate to say it, but it's seasonal. It's completely oh, no, you can, that's great. It's yeah, it's completely seasonal because if if we had to leave, well, no, okay. So if if we were evacuated or if, you know, something happened where we had to leave and we had to choose one of our biohacking tools, it would probably be our ozone units. Okay. Awesome. I think the number one thing would be our ozone units. Now don't quote our this is me saying um I think ozone would be number one and then number two would be our PEMF units. Yeah, we have
0: one of those. Yeah. That thing yeah. is amazing.
2: It's yeah, it's basically it's the it's the most upstream in our yeah. opinion. It's the most upstream that you can get when you heal the, you know, Dr. Pompa's whole thing, when you heal the cell, yeah. you get well or get heal the cell to yeah, get well. Yeah, heal the cell whatever. to get well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so I think the most upstream uh, tools would be the PEMF and the ozone. Um,
0: I do the, um, the PMF, what I've been doing through this craziness is I'll, I'll pop on it at, at 7.8 is the frequency of the earth. Mm-hmm. And when I'm feeling unearthed or like I'm getting stuck in the energy of the world, I just pop mm-hmm. myself on that thing. And it's like somebody tranquilizes you. It's it, within minutes. It, you are yeah. so relaxed. It's, it's crazy, it's
2: completely grounding. And it's incredible what you can, what you can feel on that cellular level. Cause so yeah. many things are invisible, you know, like Wi-Fi is invisible. All all of these inhibitors to our immune system and to, and to our, our brain that's causing brain fog and all that stuff. You can't see it. Yeah. So it's, you know, if, if a car is coming at you, you feel yeah. like, Oh no. I mean, there's going to be an accident. We don't see all of these invisible things. Now we don't see yep. the glyphosate. So we don't see all of these things. And so you know, even with a PEMF, it's, it's something that you really don't, you can't see it, but you can feel it. And then right away you can feel, oh, you can feel what you weren't doing before. And you can feel that this is actually working.
0: Yes, so. it, it does have that immediate one. Okay. And then I'm going to, I have five questions for you, but before I do that, I have to ask you because what you think of your joy lux, I saw that you talk oh, about the joy lux no! and a large piece of my audience is menopausal women. And when I heard about the joy lux, I'm like, this is a gift to all women. Yes.
2: For real. I just, it's so funny. I just did a live the other day. So that's why it's just here on my, it's amazing on, on my bedside. And again, I, w- I was saying on the other life too, I, I need to actually, before I talk about it, I need to like dive into the actual research of it. Cause the company is probably like, ah, oh, you should maybe read a little bit. more. About it. <laughs> um, but I just know experientially wise that it is, it's incredible. So yep. I don't know what your audience knows or what
0: Well, we so I can tell you what all the menopausal women use it for is that there's so much dryness that happens as you move through menopause, sex becomes difficult, and you lose the tightness of the inner vaginal area. So when I learned about it, we use red light therapy in here, and I was like, red light
2: therapy for inside the vagina? On the inside. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I thought the same thing. So I, de- I instantly thought red light because I have I have a lot of toys. I love to- toys and tools. Yeah. Um, but this is the first one that I saw that was a medical grade device that was yep. like FDA approved and all this yep. stuff. But I was like, but I don't even care about that because a lot of stuff that I do isn't FDA approved, uh, <laughs> as you know. Yep. Um, but red light was the first thing that I was like, red light on the inside, that completely makes sense. It's yep. like... It's like ozone insufflations. They make sense to me or coffee enema, like anything that you do on the inside is amazing. But then also with the vibration, with the timing of it and what I didn't know because I haven't read, but I, I didn't see or read or hear anything that there's one, um, there's one thing on here, whatever you call it, not tone, but there's, there's there's one, I think there's 12 different vibrations Yeah, and one of them I found that when I clench, when I do a Kegel, um, this responds. So it responds with a with a with a bigger vibration. Yeah, and then I let go, and it kind of goes back to the normal vibration. Oh, I didn't know that. And then I clench, and it vibrates harder.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if that. So No, I I actually I got to go back and look at that. So like bladder control and like like you know and is a big thing for women just cuz they yeah. can and uh, what I learned about it from Susan Bratton, who was talking about how a lot of times women are not getting pleasure during sex because they can't grab the way they used to be, grab. And any woman that's had a baby will tell you, yeah, life is different down there after a head
2: comes flying through. So, uh, well, head yeah. comes flying through, but also just your pelvic floor. So, when you think of just your anatomy, your pelvic floor is that sling, that beautiful little sling that holds up all of this stuff. So, when you're pregnant and you gain however many pounds, it doesn't matter if it's 20 pounds or if it's 100 pounds, all of that weakens your pelvic floor. So if you're not doing pelvic floor exercises when you're pregnant, which is just such a pet peeve of mine too, if you go back to like us just giving up all of our common sense and just saying, oh, you know, there was no doctor or no there was no doctor that ever told me to exercise when I was pregnant. Right. It literally was the opposite of yeah. like well, you should probably just take it easy and don't yep. do this and don't do that and make sure you eat enough. And it wasn't like, yes, you are in for a marathon now. So you better start training. Yep. Like this is, you find out you're pregnant and it's day one of training. Yeah, That's, yeah. How, that's how I was with my last pregnancy, thankfully. Amazing. But pelvic floor is like, that should you, it's a must. We should have education for every single woman that gets pregnant, even before you get pregnant. To strengthen that area because it's not only for for feel good for you know having orgasms, but as we know that what an orgasm does for your entire body and our sexual health yep. is like the epicenter of of health for everything. Yeah. Yeah. But it's bizarrely not talked about. No, that's why when I was preparing for this, uh,
0: Jessica's like, yeah, she just went on and talked about joy Lux on her Instagram. (laughs) I'm like, Oh my God. And she goes, she actually showed the thing. I was like, that's amazing. So, so I <laughs> I love it. And it's, it's, I decided actually for, and now you got me thinking oh, maybe I'll do it for people's 40th birthday. Every 50 year old woman in my life is getting that as a present when she turns 50. I have a friend who just turned 60. I gave her one. It's like, and every woman's like, it's what? An, yeah, it's, it's
2: incredible. an incredible gift. It's, it is, you know, I say it is expensive. It's $500, but yeah. expensive is relative to, you know, some people, some women will have no problem dropping $500 on a pair stilettos, you know, but, but I will spend, I will spend $500 on a medical grade device that I don't have to go and do what my mom did, which was bladder surgery and then another surgery and another surgery. And then she ended up having piles and where basically her, her anus fell out or like her bum fell out because she was doing a squat or whatever. Like just again, with no education, right? I would much rather spend money on this. Yep. Um then another area of my life because this is upstream. Okay, so the ozone, the PEMF and my and joy, the joy lux. lux. Would come I with, know. <laughs> that's my purse. That's what I thought. I thought the joy legs would be in
0: there. So, yeah. It's awesome. in there. Yeah, that's that's an easy one, yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> last five questions. So these are like rapid fire questions um that we have specific for you. Um if you could go back and talk to your 30-year-old self,
2: what advice would you give her? <laughs> 30. It's so hard. That question is so hard because I would say something to myself, but it wouldn't land because I hadn't been through what I went through to get to where I am here. Mm -hmm. So I don't mean for that to be a cop out. No, no. Um, I think that's well said,
0: but I think think, she needed to hear at that time.
2: Um, she needed She needed to know, I wish that, I wish I would have had the tools of knowing that I have a choice of, of choosing happiness and that I didn't have to choose to be sad to feel validation because my whole life I had chosen sadness as an identity. And I don't know if it's because my dad died when I was 11. So it was kind of that like prepubescent whole thing of like, you know, I'm sure Dr. Freud has some some study that he did on that, you know, but, uh, some, something happened there where my dad was taken away and I was this 11 year old little girl. And then, you know, every relationship after that was, was imprinted with the, the fatherless little girl, you know? So, um, I, I chose, I chose an identity of sadness because that's what got me attention Mm -hmm. as a little girl. Um, and it, it's so interesting when I look back because I had huge uh physical issues that were caused from my depression. So uh back pain, insane menstrual cramps. I would I would be out of school for three or four days out of the month um because I had such bad menstrual cramps. And um and all of those things now, knowing that I have tools to to actually not have cramps anymore, which is, uh, you know, a different Maybe topic. Maybe you needed but...
0: to put her in an ice bath. <laughs>
2: See, but the <laughs> thing was, is you could have thrown me in an ice bath in my, it, at my 30th, and I would have had no tools to know what to do with it. So it really, I, I wish, yeah, I, I wish I would have, I wish I would have known about the choice the choice of happiness, the choice of thoughts. I wish, I wish I didn't believe that my thoughts and my emotions ruled me, mm-hmm. because I thought that I thought my emotions were just my emotions, and you can't control them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my emotions controlled me, and my thoughts controlled me. Where a decade later, I now know that that's that that's false. That I can control my emotions, and I can control uh, my thoughts.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people don't even never learned that so it's no really yeah. yeah yeah what now one of the things i love about the way you show up on instagram and i think the fact that you were a model is even more powerful um, because you show up so authentically and you give the rest of the world and especially young girls uh, the the permission to be authentic so what do, what would you say to girls right now who are watching social media and and making the decision on how they want to act, how they want to look based off of what they're seeing on social media.
2: Um I mean it sounds cliche because I feel like a lot of people are saying it already now um that social media is just your highlight reel and to not compare. I think yeah. um I think the best thing that we can do for ourselves and for our kids, it's hard because, you know, I use social media for my business. A lot of people do. Um, But I think that I think what we all need to get back to kind of circling back to what you said at the beginning um, is authenticity and is, is, is the power in, in ourselves. So I think a big tool is to shut off social media. I haven't watched the social dilemma yet, Um, But obviously I've heard all about it. Yeah. Uh, But I think a huge thing that is in our control when everything in the world seems out of control, we can still control to shut this off. Mm -hmm. So we can use it for business or kids can use it for school or whatever. But when there's like a heightened anxiety that comes with comparison, then it's in your control to shut it off. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: I think that's true. That's pretty
2: powerful. Yeah. So you can use it for business, use it for whatever you need to, to connect on. Yeah. but then shut it off and connect to yourself yeah. and connect to another human being. Yeah, I love that. I love that.
0: Okay, I know I, I was going to ask you what the five things are that you do every day for your health, but now that I've talked with you for the last hour and some, I, I'm going to ask one thing because I think your answer will be like, I don't know,
2: every day is a different day. What, no, what's I, like- I, do have, I do have my top things that I try okay, and hit go for in a day. What um, are they? Num- number one is hydration. Uh, hydration, I think sets, sets my entire day up for success. So first thing I do, well, actually, first thing I do is ion biome. So I take Dr. Zach's ion biome because otherwise nothing will connect, um, in my cells. So I, I feed that first. Um, and then I, I drink water. I literally carry this around like a crazy person. Um, and I either put it out in the sun and add a little bit of sea salt to it, to the water, to structure the water. So it actually hydrates you instead of just makes you pee a million times a day. Um, so hydration uh, and ion biome and then supplementation. I, okay. I, I, supp- I, I take supplements like a crazy person daily because um, I, I might not have time to eat what I, what I should eat for sustenance and nutrition. So whether I'm doing greens, like my Organifi, I have a whole system of Organifi that I do morning, noon, and night. Just easy stuff that's mindful, mm-hmm. um, that's mindful but that's also really quick and doesn't take a lot of time because I certainly can't do a coffee and a m at every day. I can't do a yeah. sauna every day. I love when I compare myself to people on social media, um I always I'm like, how are people how do they even have makeup on today? Like yeah. how do you have time <laughs> yeah. to do your hair? Like I had a bunch of Zoom calls today, so I just kind of like, you know, I do my hair and makeup but most days There's other things that are important. I'd I'd much rather take time to, to make sure I go for a walk or make sure that I'm outside as much as I can be. Um, so the non-negotiables are, are ion biome. Um, and that sounds like a weird QVC like ad. It's not at all. It's just, it's it's changed my mind. Us too. Yeah. We talk about it.
0: Yep. It's, it's an, it's a non good. I always tell people that if there was one supplement, it's not really even a supplement you should be on. That's it. So agreed. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, So non-negotiables are ion biome, um, hydration, supplementation, movement, uh, and laughter. Because I I know I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. That's a given. Like, that's not even a choice. I'm just going to cry. And so I I need to make it a choice to laugh. And typically, it's with my kids or whatever. But um, laughing changes things. Yeah.
0: It's a great state changer. Okay. Who are the five people you follow on social media that you're like, Oh, you got to go check these people's, uh, social media out.
2: Oh, that's a good one. Um, gosh, I would almost have to like go on to, I know. Right. Okay. So let's think of more like,
0: like Zach Bush. I mean like people who have really impacted the way that you think and you appreciate the messages that they're sending out there. So maybe it's not even social media. Maybe it's people you've interacted with.
2: Um, well, you would be huge on that list. I oh, think following you. following someone that is uh, that is educated and that is current, um, but that you also carry an empathy with you as well. So there's thank there's you. people there's people that have your amount of education that literally are just like, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that Charlie Brown teacher is like, But I I appreciate and Doctors Act does this as well. I appreciate someone with education that doesn't, doesn't need to use the big words, even though you have it in your vocabulary, but, but you can, you can talk normal and you can talk on, on a level of person to person that I understand and that lands with me and that actually triggers change in me. That's normal. So, um, you would be a huge one. Dr. Zach would be another one. People, I mean, you know, again, I hate to come back to seasons, but I've done spring cleaning on my Instagram constantly because when I was pregnant, my top five would have been a lot different than postpartum or 2020, you know, is a lot different. I follow, I follow accounts now that are educational, empathetic, um, mindful, and serene. Yes. So I can't follow too many accounts that are like a type, you know, workout programs and this and that, because I'm just not in that space. Like I need to do that for myself, but then I need to follow people who are like calm. Yes, Yes. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I would say like educational because I think social media, the greatest tool about social media is gaining gaining tools. So whether it's anything from a a little less toxic, Shauna is someone that I love because her Mm -hmm. Her, her tag is a little less toxic, which means do what you can in the season that you're in. Mm, so you don't have to that. be overwhelmed and change everything, but just change, you know, change little things along the way. And then that becomes a s- sustainable lifestyle for you that just brings health and brings healing, mm-hmm. um, you know, yes. along the way.
0: Yeah, I, I had to do some spring cleaning on my Instagram, especially. I took a little break from Facebook just because I just like again want to hear my own voice. But if people were arguing or they were adversarial, I was like, I just I just can't. I'm not. I don't want to be in that vibration right now.
2: No, so. for right now, I, you know, I may be I may be in that place again later. But for right now, like you said before too, uh, I need to protect this. I need yeah. to protect this so that I have energy enough for my children. That's right. And if I'm completely depleted and in every single conversation and in every single opinion, I have nothing left right. for my exactly. family. you know? So true.
0: So true. I love that. Okay, last one. If you had one message for the world that you could get implanted in everybody's brain, what would oh, that be?
2: Be kind to yourself. Love it. Yep. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure tonight I'll be laying in bed being like, darn it, I should have said this, it would have been much more powerful. Um, Well, when
0: we, when we post this on Instagram, you can put in, hey, I want to make a modification to that.
2: (laughs) My number five, but no, it is something that I, that I tell my audience all the time and that I need to tell myself more. So I feel like that's a good message when I know that I don't do it for myself, um, but I think, I think kindness, especially in the world right now, not only to other people, but kindness and grace for ourselves, um, it brings down the expectations and it brings down the animosity and it brings everything down to a place that, because that, you can only absorb so much, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And I think if you're kind to yourself, then that will become a motivation instead of being hard on yourself. Great. It was yeah. a whole part of my victimhood too, where it was like the more of a victim I was, the harder I was on myself, and I, I didn't get anything done. Yes. Where when yeah. you're kind to yourself, you can really offer yourself grace, and then when you operate from that place, y- you can become a lot more successful and really be be a better human being. And I yeah. think that that's really at the, at the at the center of everything. And like right now.
0: contribute to the world. You know, I think. Uh, as a parent, I, that was a really big, like the number one value I wanted my kids to grow up with was compassion and yeah. kindness because the world didn't need more takers. The yeah. world needs more givers and more people who are elevating the vibration. So I yeah. love that. So, well, yeah. this was a delight. I really appreciate after a, a, a successful <laughs> uh, Zoom talk with the teacher to pop on here, and, I'm gonna go cry right now. I'm just gonna let it all out. <laughs> yeah. So now you can go. At least you had a couple tools in your back pocket. And uh, I'm gonna do. My son has, who's 18. He's agreed to do the the ice bath with me, where we'll like throw it in the tub. Like, oh, I, I you, you know me I, as a mom. I'm like, are you gonna get in it with me? And he's yeah, like, I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, well I'll get in it first, and then you get in it. So we will we will send a little Instagram
2: message to you when we decide. Um. to do Oh, that's nice so path. fun. It's so. the greatest way of teaching our children is by example, you yeah, know, and getting them involved in what you're doing. So I love that. Yes, yeah, definitely agreed. send me a video of that because it's fun. I will. I will. So,
0: <laughs> but keep up all the amazing work you're doing. And I, you know, I, I know. Thank I, you. You I, too. Thank you. It, it, you know, it seems like just being authentic is just how you want to show up. But I, again, I just want to emphasize that as a beautiful woman who is a model, like you really give women uh permission to continue to be authentic. So thank you for mm, doing that. That's a
2: great compliment. I appreciate that. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Okay. Thank you. G-
2: you can go cry now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go cry and maybe use my joy locks so <laughs> on benefit from something.
0: <laughs> thank you. Okay, Angie. Have a great one. you. Okay. Bye. bye. Okay. Resetters. So again, I just can't emphasize enough that we're trying to bring unique perspectives to you. And um, from you know somebody who grew up in LA, I just really saw how my mind got really conditioned to think that beauty was from the outside in. And what I love about Angie and what we just heard is that, yeah, I mean, you guys, she's gorgeous. There's no doubt.
1: She's a she's- um, beautiful. <laughs>
0: She's beautiful, but she also is so authentically herself which enhances her beauty. Absolutely. And I, I give again, it allows us to to stay in our own lane. We I just can't I feel like this has got to be the message of 2020 is like protect the brain, stay in your lane, think
1: for yourself and she really embodies that. Mhm. Yeah. Well, and we've had we've had a couple people on here now talk about Talking about the beauty aspect, right? Like the inside-out, um, outside-in perspective that we have either on ourselves in health and all of that. So I feel like she was a great combination of like the beauty aspect of it, but then also like the healthcare aspect of it, and how she's really embodied um, this way of life where everything that she does, she's she's doing to, she's doing from the inside-out perspective. How do I enhance the inside? That the, the out, my outside world is better, yeah. Just what which is what I love about watching her on Instagram and everything that she's doing.
0: Agreed. The other thing that she gave me new insight, and this is the joy to me of podcasting is you get to have these great conversations with such incredible minds. But the ice baths, so and I think fasting definitely follows falls in this category as well, where it is mental training for those adverse moments. And I remember when the pandemic first hit, I would say to our resetters, like, we trained for this moment. (laughs) But what I thought I was saying at that time, or what I felt like I was saying is your immune system will be strong. And now what I realize is I want to go back. In fact, we have a fat burner call, fat burner reset call on Tuesday. And I want to go back and say, actually, I want to add another line to that and say, You're also training for those adverse moments because just like the ice bath, when you're fasting, you, you start thinking like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to pass out. Is this safe? What's going on? And you have those breakthrough moments. So I love how she uses the biohacking tools
1: for mental training like that. Yeah. And I love how everything she talks about is in a circle. I thought that was Mm -hmm. really, there was something in that, that clicked with me um, because you know, she talked about the fasting, how she's she even does like fasting for her hormones. I, I was like, Oh, I was so, so excited when she said that. I know. Um, but as she was talking, it was making me think, uh, last week I had a conversation with Andrea and she was asking me what what am I doing for my fasting? And I was like, Oh, I pretty much do OMAD. And she's yeah, like, you, what? Love OMAD. you need to like stop doing OMAD so much. You're gonna tank your hormones if you wanna ever have a baby. And I was like, Oh, I guess. I've been doing the linear model. It's right. fasting OMADs become easy for me, it's I've been linear and I've stopped doing so much of the circle in terms yep. of fasting. So I loved how she put that into perspective though. Yes. Yeah, agreed. And I and
0: she kept saying the circle. I love that in the seasons. And we use the word variation. But I I what I've learned as somebody who is um like, tell me how to play the game. And then I and then I'm gonna work really hard to succeed at the game. So right. <laughs> whatever the game is, right? So with the fasting game, it's like, oh, is the is it to go five days every month? And then you start to with what we teach around fasting for women's cycles and eating for uh the your stress levels, like when you start to get into that rhythm, there's so much freedom. Yeah. It's like so freeing. It is so, but we don't we're not like that in our world. We want to just tell me what to do. I'll do it. Tell me to mask up, social distance, you know, and and I really
1: want to bring back people thinking for themselves. Well, it's the one one pill, right? Like I want the one pill and it's, I'm going to do it your way. But I loved yeah. what she said about how it's going to work differently for everybody, given whatever your childhood experience is, whatever your current stress is, how, what's your work schedule like, how much sleep are you getting? They all come into play with whatever it is that you're trying to do. So there's no one right. size it's all answer. And I can only imagine, it's funny, I was going to find, I was going to show you this. I I can only imagine the amount of DMs. I mean, I know the amount of DMs we get. (laughs) I can only imagine the amount of DMs that she gets about people like telling, saying, well, this didn't work for me or what about this or giving their whole life story. But she got this message the other day. (sighs) Did she put it on a big post? Oh my gosh. It was amazing. Oh, I can't find it. She got some comment. She was talking about Arland. Arland, I think she was talking about how he went on to talk about EMFs or something. I can't remember what it was. That's her hubby. That's her hubby. And somebody wrote back like this really mean comment about how ugly he was and uneducated. And I was just like, it just gets me thinking the amount of, if you want to follow somebody, follow them. It goes back to like the social media, like follow people that inspire you. If if what the person's saying does not inspire right. them, please don't take the time to write a nasty DM. No, right? But, yeah. But how well, many of them do you think she gets about the pro? Like restore ion biome. I've seen some of the nasty ones people send about this stuff's nothing. It's just expensive. Yeah. Like, what happened with Joylax? I didn't even look at that. I haven't seen. Comments. I don't know. I, but somebody did write, like, "Why are you selling a vibrator?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if you if you actually watch the whole thing, you'll know that it's not a vibrator. Yeah. Anyways, I want to go back and watch her um, her ice bath because
0: again, that's my next thing to try. to... Of course, we're going into winter. I should probably have started ice bathing in the summer, in
1: the summer, yeah, or
0: bathing in the summer, yeah. Um, but I want to go back and watch that because I think that's really interesting
1: about how it changed over time. So um, it's the same with fasting, though, right? Like remember oh, yeah. our first time fasting; it's so oh. hard, and then. I- I remember the
0: first 24 hour fast. It was like a big day. It was like today I'm going to go all the way to dinner. I can do it. And I remember it too thinking, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Like it, and it, and now, like you said, OMAD is a pretty go-to for
1: us during the work week. Yeah. it's super easy. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Awesome. Everything with practice.
0: Yeah. Well, guys, go check out her Instagram. Um, She really is inspiring. She comes at uh, life from a lot of different angles. And one of the reasons I really wanted to bring her on for you is just because of her mindset. And I just want all of our listeners to know you're never a victim Um, I want you to think for yourself. I want you to gain information and um, decide what's right for you. I'm not asking you to think like me. I'm asking you to think like you. And uh, that requires getting around people that think outside the box. And she's just incredible, incredible that way. So uh, let us know what you think. Uh, How'd you like it? And go follow her on Instagram. And then you can see all the wonderful things she's doing. Hope it helps.